Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. It's good to see you here this morning. All right, well, here we are, New Year's. Man, I don't know who put Christmas and New Year's so close together. I don't know why they did that, but that's the way it is. And so this week, I'm kind of in between starting a new series, but next week, I am going to start a new series called Questions. And what we're going to do is look at some of the questions that are actually there in Scripture, but I also would like to hear from you what questions you have, whether it be about things in the scripture, whether it be about politics, whether it be about social issues, I'm leaving that open to you. If you have any questions that you're curious about, that you would like to know what do we think or what do you think or what does the Bible say about these things or or does the Bible say anything about this or how do we look at this situation from our perspective as believers in Christ. If there are any things like that, I'm allowing you to actually be a part of how we move forward. Okay, I'm putting myself on the spot. Of course, you don't know if I pick yours or not. So if it's too hard, I might just say, yeah, I'm not tackling that. Oh, no. I will try. In fact, I I would love to try and deal with some of the difficult issues. I, I want to move forward not blindly or not in a way that is not confronting the issues that we are facing as a community. In the back, we have these little pieces of paper with a question mark on it. If you would like to write down the question, you can put it in the barrel in the back, Uh, then please do so. Uh, That way we can or I can get those and look those over. I've got a few of them that I'm going to be starting out on, but I would like to hear from you the things that you're curious about. And we can go from there. Now, I'm not guaranteeing. Actually, I can probably guarantee you this. I probably won't answer them as clearly as you would like. I seldom do. But 
I will answer them as best I can as my understanding of what God has revealed to us through Christ and in Scripture. And so I do want your participation in that, okay? So that's starting next week. But between Christmas and starting a new series, we have New Year's Day, which is today. And so I kind of going to set some things, hopefully, that will be foundational for us as, as we move into this new year. It's, it's funny because we have this awareness that it's really just another day. It's just another Sunday. But for some reason, there's significance, right? For some reason, there's the ball that drops last night, and there's the day today, and there's the whole Mariah Carey thing. You know, there, there's all these things that have happened, and now it feels like, okay, this is a new year, and we have the idea of resolutions, and I am going to lose that weight, and I am going to do these things. And so I want to just kind of take that emotion and move it into some areas that I I hope will be helpful. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. One of my favorite passages, I've touched on this before, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 25, and I'm going to talk about coffee, old t-shirts, little league, chickens, and waking up. Let's start at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus speaking, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. There you go. Let's all go home right now. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single cubit to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This idea of seeking God first, it's something that I think most of us say, yes, this is what I want. But how does it happen? Because so many things get in the way of seeking God first. I wake up and I think I'm going to seek God first, but first I need to seek coffee. Okay, because if I don't seek coffee, I get a headache and then seeking God is not going to you know, happen. And then I have to to feed the dog or take the dog outside, because if I don't take the dog outside, well, we won't go there. But these are the things that start interrupting our lives. And how difficult is it to seek things sometimes because we're just distracted and we're so busy 
Any of you who have or had little children know that it's impossible to really seek anything when you have a baby. Am I right? Amen. I got an amen from Corinne there. Michael couldn't even make it because they have to tag team this whole church thing, you know, with the little ones. I mean, it's one of these things where it finds, man, it's so difficult to, to put this effort. But Jesus is not just telling us that we should do this. He's actually helping us to understand why it's important and what happens to us when we don't do these things. He says that if we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, that all these things will be added to you. And, and I think, why did he have to add that? Isn't it enough to just seek the kingdom of heaven? Why does he have to say then God will provide? Because he knows that we are going to be drawn by these things. We are drawn by the desires that we have, the things that we need. And he's letting us know that God will take care of these. He's not going to forget about these things. He knows that you need them. And so he's not just saying, oh, don't worry about those things. Those things don't matter. Of course they matter. What you eat matters. If you don't eat, it will matter really quick. And so God knows that we need these things But he also understands that we could spend our whole life being pulled by our wants, by our desires, by our needs, and lose what he has created us for because we are so consumed with these things that we indeed need. And and so he wants us to see that even though he knows we need these things, that there is something else that we are created for. And he wants us to understand that. And and so as he goes on and he, he pushes into this conversation with us, he tells us or he gives us this illustration. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And the answer is yes. You are much more valuable. And he he points the birds out and he doesn't say that birds don't need to eat because they trust God. You see, that's not what he says, but he says God feeds them. He knows they need to eat, but God takes care of them. And he's saying that these birds actually have more trust in God than we do many times. And all they're doing is being birds. That's all they know how to be is a bird. They don't worry about, you know, man, I wish I was a squirrel. They just know how to be a bird. And you see, really what it is, is we don't know how to be human. Birds can be birds and trust God. But for some reason, us being human, we fail in many ways to trust God. God, if we were human like the birds were birds, You would know that your father feeds and cares for you, but we spend our lives wanting to get things that God is wanting to provide for us. And it really is because we don't believe that God is for us. Have you ever had something that's sentimental to you? A piece of clothing I used to have this old, it was like a shirt jersey. It was when I played softball and we won the championship. 
because that's why you keep those shirts, right? Because you won. I wouldn't keep it if it was second place. But we are first place. And you see, the reason it meant something to me is because we won. And then it started to become more valuable to me the older I got because I know I couldn't do what I did then anymore. Okay, I remember that season, as it were. And I, I like that shirt just because it symbolized a time when I could play and we won. But it didn't mean the same to Kareem. And she's the one who, who would wash the clothes. And so one day the shirt got put in with some other clothes that had bleach in it. And it, it changed the shirt. And then all of a sudden it wasn't the same anymore. And to her it didn't mean anything. Sorry, I was supposed to talk to you about this before, but I forgot. For her, it was just an old shirt, and it didn't really have the same significance it did to me because it was my body that was out on the line on that field, right? It had my blood was in that shirt. Not really, but, you know, hey, this is all, all I had, so I put, you know, it into that shirt. But a lot of times we don't realize the value that we are to God. And we think that we're not important. We, we don't understand our value. And you see, those who fail to recognize the value of people will fail to represent Jesus. You see, it's not only that we don't trust God. What it is, is we don't trust our worth to God when we start worrying about these other things. We don't think we are valuable to God, so he's not going to be caring for us. And this is really at the heart of the matter. It's a matter of how we see our relationship to God. And what Jesus is wanting to push into isn't that, you know, you need to do this because it's the right thing to do. What he's trying to do is get us to understand that you are so important. How could you not know that he cares for you? And he goes on and he tells us in verse 27, he says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And the answer is no, you can't. You, you can't add an hour, but what you can do is rob yourself of precious time by worrying. You can't add time, but you can subtract moments by the t things that you worry about. You see, we worry about things and it takes away from the things that we actually do have. We worry about things because they are out of our control. I, I don't worry about things that I have control of. I only worry about things that I don't control. And so what happens is I want control, and if I don't have control, I worry about it. And then by worrying about those things, I actually lose the opportunities that are there right before me. What that worry is telling me and telling you is that less, unless we're in control, we're not comfortable. And you see, worry is proof that our priorities are out of alignment concerning our relationship with God. 
Worry is telling us that unless we're in control, we don't trust God's control in our lives because we don't think we're of value to him. We don't think we're important, and so we worry about those things. Verse 28, he gives an illustration of Solomon. Verse 28 and 29. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now, Solomon was the pinnacle of human achievement. Here's someone who had it all. And really, Jesus is saying that all that he had All the achievements that he succeeded in, that there was no amount of money, fame, or pleasure that Solomon could attain that eliminated what he really needed. All the things he achieved did not fulfill what was necessary for him to have. That was something that only God could provide. And God provides that to the flowers that are here and then are picked up and then thrown into the furnace. If God cares for them, won't he care for you? But you see, so many times the peace that we're looking for or the peace that Solomon was searching for will not be found by getting one more piece of anything else, one more bit of money. And we start to think, man, if I could just get that job, If I get that job, I will be okay. If I can make this much money, if I could get a boyfriend, if I could get a better boyfriend, if I could get my children to to listen to me, if I get my husband to stop being a child and listen to me, if I could get whatever else it is, if I could get married, if I could have this, we start looking for something to help our lives and to fulfill our lives. And there's never going to be one more thing that you get that is going to provide what you really need. I know that sometimes we think these things, but worrying doesn't come from the things of this world. What worry comes from is focus on the things of this world. And that's a huge difference. See, worry doesn't come from the things. It comes from our focus on those things. Worry is misplaced focus in our lives. And Solomon is a reminder to us that peace does not come by getting more. It comes by having the right focus. And so... Here we are with a new year ahead of us. I don't know if your life gets filled with anxiety about all the things that are in front of you. And and then Jesus tells us, don't be anxious. He tells us in verse 31, he says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He tells us not to be anxious, not to worry. And what's happening many times is we are focused on the things 
and how we can take control over them. And that creates the worry in our lives that starts to consume us from living the lives that God wants for us. When I coached Little League, you know, you, you've got these kids and you're teaching them how to play ball. And one of the sayings that you always hear is keep your eye on the ball. God, if you don't know where the ball is, you could be in trouble. You know, and you got little kids, they're out in the field and they're looking at things and someone's up to bat and they hit the ball. It's like, heads up, you know, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. And one of the things that would happen so often is the ball is hit, especially a ground ball, and the kid is so worried about getting the ball and throwing it that they forget to actually catch the ball, right? They're like, oh, he's running, he's running, and they're looking at the runner more than they're looking at the ball, and so they miss the ball altogether because they're worried about something else. Their focus isn't on the ball, it's on the runner. And then they miss it all together. And that's really what's happening here. It, it has to do with that focus. You see, the tragedy is that a flower and a bird might actually be living with more intention than we do as humans because they are focused on what they are supposed to be. The flower doesn't have a choice. It's just going to remain a flower. But you see, you and I, we have a choice whether we want to live in human lives or not. We were created in God's image and we are the ones who can choose to live apart from that image by wanting to be in control over everything. Last week, I talked about the irony that in the very beginning, man wanted to be like God, and at the end, God became man. And so many times, we want so much control over our lives, and we worry because we don't have it, that we start disregarding God's control in our lives altogether. And it all has to do with what we're focusing on. It all has to do with what we're looking on. And, and that's why he goes and he talks about, you know, the pagans do this. The pagans, verse 32, run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. When I was younger, I used to live in Montebello, but my mom would drive me to my cousin's house in Pico Rivera where I would stay with my cousins and I would go to school with them and then I would come home with them, stay with them until my mom could come and pick me up and then go back home. And then on the weekends, they would come and stay with us. It was kind of a deal that she had worked out with her sister where they both kind of cared for all of us. And so I lived with my cousins in Pico Rivera for a long time, or it seemed like a long time. And... and it was a whole different life there. We would have some of the neighbor kids, the older kids would babysit us. And when they would come and babysit us, you know, the parents would leave and all the cushions would come off the couch and they'd go on the floor and we'd have wrestling matches. Johnny, one of the babysitters, taught us how to jump people. That was just how, we, that's how it was in Pico Rivera. We'd practice jumping people, you know, and one of the kids across the street, they had chickens. They actually had live chickens. 
And so one day we heard that they were going to go kill some chickens. And so all of us went over like one of those Our Gang kind of movies and we're looking over the fence while his mom got the chickens. I think his name was Eddie, got the chickens. And then she put the chickens down and she took a hatchet. Bam, cut the chicken's heads off. And then you know that phrase, chicken with its head cut off? I saw that happen. It freaked me out. They don't know they're dead. They're so dumb. They don't know that they're dead and they run around for a while and then they finally realize they're dead and they die. Okay? They're just running around and they have no concept what's going. It's just going and it's the strangest thing to see a chicken running with no head. Okay, no, it's, yeah, you guys go to Vons and you get your chicken and you think it comes like that, okay? This is how life really is. No, I, I'm against that. Well, I'm all for chicken dinner, but I don't want to see this. This is how life is, folks. This is what's really happening when you get that chicken. Its head has been severed and its feathers been plucked and it is delicious. Face it, enjoy it. That's how life is. You see, Jesus is saying that pagans don't understand their value. They're running around like a chicken with its head cut off. They, they pursue all the things that should be secondary as if they were primary. And they try to hold on to the things that will not last. There's so many times I look back and I think of how foolish I was to waste my time and my energy on things that really was misplaced focus. Instead of spending the time with my family, instead of of spending the time on things that were more important and mattered, I expended energies on things that really didn't deserve my time. And it's like I'm just treading water And we can do that our entire lives if we're not careful. We end up just focusing on things that get us nowhere. We start getting burnt out and frustrated. And and you see, it's not that God doesn't want you to have food. It's not that God doesn't want you to have a drink. It's not that God doesn't want you to have clothes. It's that the moment they become your ambition, you've lost your way. The moment that becomes your primary focus and God becomes secondary you've lost your way and Jesus is warning us for our sake he's wanting us to understand the importance verse 34 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its safe self each day has enough trouble of its own you ever worried about something that never happened? You worried you were going to lose your job and you didn't? You couldn't sleep because of what might happen and it didn't happen? He's not telling us that we should just worry about today. What he's telling us is to focus on today's problems because today's problems are the material for today's opportunities. You see, if if I just worry or or focus, instead of worry, don't worry, but focus on the things that are before me today, I actually can take what's happening here to me today 
and use it as a building block for what's going to happen for me tomorrow. But if I am worried about tomorrow, what might happen, it will take my eye off the ball and I will miss what can happen today and I will expend my energy in something that will have no advantage for my life. And pretty soon I'm thinking about things and I'm missing opportunities. I'm worrying about something that is not here yet and I'm missing the opportunity that is right before me. I think every parent looks back and says, I wish I would have spent more time engaged with my children instead of whatever else it was that I was doing. Why? Because that was important. That was before me and I missed the importance of it. And so later on, we look back and we say, that, that really should have been more of my focus than what was happening. And, and you see, what I want to do for this next year is I, I want to live more fully to my potential and make the most of today's opportunities. I want to make the most of whatever the problem is today. I, I want to invest in it and keep my eye on the ball so that I can actually shape my life in a way that's going to be effective and produce something that's better. When we take our focus off God, we will miss the opportunities around us because we end up focusing on the problems. Have you ever noticed how difficult it is to work out? Unless you're one of those people who like working out. I hate those people. All right? They just... Sorry, I don't hate you. It's just that's so easy for them. It's like they smile while they're working out. This is like, gives them... They're like into it. Why? It's because... They enjoy it. it it's, it's because it's something that they want to do. Have you ever noticed that if you focus on the things that are difficult, they're actually more difficult. But when there's something that you actually like to do, it becomes less of a burden. It's something that you want to do. It's something that becomes a challenge. I, I remember my son, Daniel, my son, Daniel, he doesn't sleep. He goes into a coma, okay? When he goes to bed, there is no waking him up. You would get him up. You would stand him up. Daniel, wake up. And he'd go, huh, I'm awake, I'm awake. And then you'd leave the room and he'd be back in bed. And he would not remember you getting him up, walking him around. He would just go back. He was like a, a log when it came to waking him up. Just could not. It was like, come on, you're, I'm going to just throw you outside, kid. You better wake up. He would not wake up. He's just comatose. But when there was something he wanted to do, like one time when we were going to Wales and he was going to be traveling, he's going to be on an airplane for the first time, had to wake up at like three in the morning, which is unheard of for Daniel at three in the morning. No, 11 in the afternoon is when he starts coming to consciousness, right? I walk into his room and I just open the door and I say, hey, Daniel, it's time to get up. 
and he smiles and he sits up. It was freaky. Okay, because he got up. Why? Because he wanted to go on this trip. You see, it was something that he desired to do. And that's really what's going to happen here. How many, how many times we're paralyzed by the pain in our lives because of all the troubles that we're focused on instead of focusing on God and living a life that is potential how he created us to live. Instead of living a life that has purpose and has God's presence and being excited about what's happening today in my life and what God is doing, we are drained from the focus of the difficulty. I know that it's hard. I know some of you are working horrendous hours. I know that some of you are dealing with just lack of sleep because of your kids. I know that some of you are going through difficult times and struggles because of illness. I know that these things are happening. Jesus isn't saying those things aren't happening and God doesn't know that they're happening. What Jesus is saying is to be focused, not on the pain and the problem, but on the life that God gives and the things that God wants to do in you because you are of value. And it will give you life in the middle of the struggles. It it will be like that person who gets up and can't wait to go exercise. Why? Because they love it. It's something that rejuvenates them. It's something they long to do. For some of us, it's pizza. Some of us, it's working out. We just got to change the focus here. See, you were never created to survive. You were created to thrive and to be alive. No matter what your circumstances are, the only time that happens is when you live fully in the moment for what God has for you. See, you are God's first priority. Shouldn't he be ours? And that word priority, prior, means before. You see, you will grab onto what's closest to your heart when you're going through a difficult time. You will reach for whatever means the most to you when things are difficult. So don't be surprised when you go through a difficult time and you cry out to God, but you reach for the bottle because that's what's most important to you. Don't be surprised when you cry out for God, but you reach out for another unhealthy relationship because that's what's been the most important to you. You see, when God is not our priority, he will not be the first thing that we reach for in our difficulty. And what Jesus is telling us to do is make him the priority so that when the difficulty comes and it will come, the first thing you reach for is God. And what you find is a God who is already holding you. God's not supposed to be a backup plan. When you make him your priority and you go through a crisis and your world flips upside down, the closest thing to you is the God who loves you. And when you reach out to take hold of him, you find that he is already holding you. And so when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
He says, God knows what you need. But this is what you were created for. And we need to live lives in intention as human beings. And maybe this is foreign to you. Maybe the idea of having God be a part of your life is strange and it's something new to you. But you know that all these other things, and it doesn't matter how old you are, you learn very quickly that nothing really satisfies until you find purpose. And you never find purpose until you seek first what God's purpose is for your life. And so my prayer for us this new year is that this would be our focus. This would be our intention, that we would be people who don't put our eyes solely on the problems and the hardships that we're going through, but we would actually look for what God is doing today in our lives, no matter what is happening. There is material that we can build on in front of us today. And that's all we have to worry about. Because he will provide what is necessary. Let's pray. Father, it is easy to talk about priority, but it is something that we need to exercise in. And I pray, Father, you would help me help us to see the need to place you in this focus, to keep you as a priority in our lives. And Father, I pray for those who are struggling in various areas, who are struggling with loneliness, who are struggling with insecurities, who are, who are struggling with depression, who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling with balancing time and work and family. And I pray, God, that they would take the time to focus on what matters each day and to allow you to influence that decision that is made. I pray, God, that we would be people who would be focused on you and give you the priority in our lives, even as you've made us a priority to you. Thank you, God, for being faithful and caring about what we need before we even ask. May we remember the birds. May we look at the flowers and remember your promise. What we really need, only you can provide. And so we open our hearts to you this day and for this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. May you focus on your value to God. And may you see that you are a priority to him. And may he be a priority to you. 
May the problems of today be material that you can build your future on as God becomes your focus. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Happy New Year. Don't forget questions. If you've got questions, write them down. Please, please, please. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.